Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Hello, everybody. Hope you are doing well. Once again, hot day, 95 degrees. I was looking at the weather and it's going to get to 101 on Wednesday. That's crazy. That's hot. It is hot. Definitely hot. Anywho, let's give a quick shout out to Carrie, North Carolina. Carrie, Carrie. yeah, that's a cool area. I like Carrie. It's it's a nice area. A lot of cool things to do there. Real close to Raleigh. Nice little area. All right. If you'd like to check us out, you can check us out at graceintheshadowsor.org. You can text or call 251-244-4645, or you can email us at drjonathan at graceintheshadowsor.org. If you'd like to become a monthly supporter, click on the link in our show notes. And we also have an Etsy store. Pick you up a coffee mug, shadowsorgrace.etsy.com. All right. What you got for us today? You know, we've been going through so many facts. That I'm now going into ancient history and we're going to look into facts in ancient history. Look at some of the empires, some weird things that they probably believed or did. I think that'll be kind of interesting. Scintillating. Oh, scintillating. Big words here. All right, let's do it. The first one, this is the Roman Empire. Uh, Wearing purple was banned in the Roman Empire. It's pretty much common knowledge at this point that that like many societies, the Romans were obsessed with class. Uh, what many people don't realize, however, is just how obsessed the Romans were. True, true. Uh, for example, the fact that the majority of, of free Romans were banned from wearing the color purple. In Roman society, the color purple was associated with glory, power, royalty. Uh, as such, the wearing of purple tunga, were reserved for only emperors and other high-ranking Romans. So why did the purple have this reputation? Because it was insanely expensive Mm -hmm. to produce purple dye. Mm -hmm. All purple dye was sourced from Phoenicia. And Mm -hmm. to make enough dye for toga, 10,000 mollusks had to be crushed. This meant the pound-for-pound purple dye was uh, worth roughly the same as gold oh wow okay that's actually Mm -hmm. my favorite color i love purple well you are kind of royalty oh thank you so much yes you're welcome yeah yeah that's nice yeah yeah prostitutes in roman empire had to dye their hair blonde oh this rule once again was a lot to do with roman obsession with class and social standing the vast majority of natively born Roman women were dark haired. Blonde hair was associated with the Gauls and the barbarians. Prostitution in ancient Rome was society was 100% legal and there was no social repercussions for men who used these surfaces. Prostitutes themselves, however, especially the lower class ones, tended to be looked down upon. And to make sure that no good and honest Roman woman was mistaken for a prostitute, a law was made that stated prostitutes had no choice but to dye their hair blonde. Wow. Okay, I never knew that. That is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Also, in Roman Empire, fathers could sell their sons into slavery. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, It didn't happen too often. But 
but they were able to do that. That was part of the Roman society. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So that's kind of a little bit. You want another fact of Roman society? Uh, no, let's go ahead and jump into our topic today. All right. We're going to talk a little more about Samuel. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, Samuel chapter three. Okay. If you could turn there in La Biblia. I can do that. And read. Go ahead and read verse one first. Okay. First Samuel chapter three. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. So you, here you have this young young man. He, he may have been 12 years old at this time. Right. Uh, Josephus says that he was about 12 years old. We don't know how he found that out, but okay. tradition tends to have some truth. Um, but the boy Samuel, it says, ministered to the Lord. Here was a young boy in a society that was really led by poor examples of Eli the priest and his and his sons that right. were really uh, totally rebellious against the law, against mm-hmm. God. And uh, but you have this young man setting an example, kind of like Daniel. Yes, yes, yeah. definitely. And he David, found- when. Like David when he was younger. Yeah. You know, when he stood up to Goliath. So, yeah. And and so Paul and Barnabas, you can look at, too, in Acts chapter 13. They were doing similar things. They were seeking the Lord. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jesus himself in Luke. Yes. You find him going to the temple and he was very diligent and passionate. Of course, we expect him to be Mm -hmm. being the son of God. Yeah, definitely. But it says the word of the Lord was rare in those days. What do you think that means? Um, well, you know, they didn't have the Bible like we have it. And God mm-hmm. would speak to the people. Mm-hmm. He would speak to the priest. And we already know that uh, Eli's sons were the priest and they were rascals and didn't do what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. So obviously God was not speaking through them. So there wasn't much of anyone to really share the word of the Lord. Right. They didn't have Bibles in their houses, all 66 books in this canon of scripture. Nope. Uh, They did have scrolls and they did have places of worship, but it was not like it is now Mm -mm. on a personal level. And it was representative of the high priest, Eli and his sons that were priests. And and they were totally not close to God. So, Yeah. yeah. Uh, Also, it says the word of the Lord was rare in those days Mm -hmm. because the hearts of these people were hard. The corruption, the idolatry and the wickedness and people were just not seeking God. Because like in the judges, they would stop serving God. Somebody come along, bring them back to God. And, you know, this was constant, a constant cycle. So we're in that cycle again, obviously. We can even see that in our country. I know that oh. we're not the nation of Israel, no. but we can even use the United States and, and the church. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, because we can see the same patterns yeah. uh, where people, one generation strong with the Lord, the next generation is weak, weaker, right. and it gets weaker and gets weaker yes. until it's just Laodicea, which I believe that's the church today. Right. It's just, it's basically very uh, diluted faith. Well, I mean, with the death of of Billy Graham, however people think of him, there were constant, you know, 
not revivals. What is it called? Crusades. Mm-hmm. You always had crusades going on throughout the world. And, and you don't hear about that anymore. Do you, you? don't, you really don't. It just seems like that kind of stopped with him. I know that there were others that would, would go out and do the crusades for, for Christ and everything, but uh, just, I don't know. And, and used to, when you and I were growing up, everybody went to church as well. So it was more of a Christianized society for lack of a better word. Uh, and then, you know, people just don't really go to church as much as they used to anymore. So. Well, and yeah. I also think that people are listening to the wrong voice. Mm-hmm. People are and, hearing voices. Right. And the church is not always being the voice of God. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, All right. Go ahead and read verses two through four. Okay. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. All right. So it says that Eli's eyes had begun to grow dim, and he could not see. Right. Now, we know he was older. Yeah. He probably had glaucoma or something like that. Right? Or cataracts right. on his eyes. Yeah, Cataracts. Who knows? Yep. Who knows? Um, but he couldn't see. He's having trouble seeing. But right. I think it was not just physical. I think it's spiritual, too. Couldn't see spiritually. Probably yeah. so. Yeah. What does it say about the lost? People that are unregenerate, that don't know Jesus. Uh, before I was a Christian, uh, it looked like Japanese. It was a yeah. joke. And people are blinded by the God of this world, small g, the right. prince of the power of the air. You're right. Mm. Uh, so before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, and this was basically a figure of speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, this simply means before dawn. Mm-hmm. And it was very dark times in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it meant it's, prob- it's probably going to get even darker. Right. Yeah. So while Samuel is lying down, the Lord, and it's in all capitals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what that means is this is Yahweh. Right. Speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, And he talks to him. Mm -hmm. um, Being about 12 years old. Okay. He says, here I am. Mm -hmm. That is a really, um, man, I would have had to check my drawers. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, at first he doesn't know yet, though, because I didn't read verse 5. You want me to mm-hmm. read verse 5? Well, sure, read 5 okay. through 9. All right. <clears throat> so I'm going to go back and read verse 4. Then the mm-hmm. Lord, all capitals, called Samuel. Mm-hmm. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Mm-hmm. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. You know, there's some other people that said, here I am. Mm -hmm. 
Abraham said that when God mm-hmm. came, here I am. Mm-hmm. Jacob said, here, here I am. Yes. Moses said, I am, here I am. Mm-hmm. Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Send me, yes. Yeah. And so I I don't think, I think that maybe he didn't know. This was audible. I don't mm-hmm. believe this was just some oh, uh, no. dream or or sometimes no. we God kind of whispers in our ear as a, you know, a sense. Right. Uh, this was audible. This was audible. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Because he thought it was Eli calling him. And he probably thought to himself, well, you know, Eli maybe doesn't, he doesn't remember calling me because he's old. Maybe so he, he kept, hear. Yeah. So he kept yeah. going back to him thinking it was him. So he had to have heard an audible voice or he would not have been actively running for Eli. So, and this happens mm-hmm. and the Lord called him t- three times, right? Three times. Yes. And finally, Eli knew. Mm-hmm. It says that. Samuel did not know the Lord. Right. Here is a young man, passionate. He's brought up in the church. Yes. You know, there has to be a time when he crossed over to the salvation. Right. And this kind of reaffirms that age of accountability. I believe that all are sinners, even children. Yes. Even babies. Right. But there's an age. I don't know what age that is. Right. When that person can become conscientious of making decisions to mm-hmm. rebel against God. Right. Or to serve him. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think right here, mm-hmm. probably about age 12, that voice opened his heart. Yes. Just yes. like it did with me in 1995 on my sofa. Right. Right. And Jesus came in. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. So. Eli realizes it's God. Yeah. What does he say? He says, go lay down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and read verse 10. Okay. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak. For your servant is listening. The Lord came and stood. This is Yahweh. Yes. And we know the Father is spirit. And we know the Holy Spirit is spirit. Mm-hmm. You know who I think this is? Pre-incarnate Christ. Because he's the standing pre-incarnate there. pre-incarnate Jesus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And he stood and called. Yep. Uh, um, go ahead and read 11 through 14. Okay. And the Lord said to Samuel, see... I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. So wow. God gives Samuel mm-hmm. spectacular news for him, <sighs> but not spectacular for Eli and his family. Of course, this is repeated. I mean, in yeah. the chapter prior, God right. said he was going to judge Eli and his family. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, it says, for I have told him that I will judge his home. Remember the man of God that didn't, we don't know his name. Mm-hmm. In chapter two of first Samuel. Yes. Yes. So Eli already knew this. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a confirmation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yes. For the iniquity, which he knows because his sons made themselves vile. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was a man, and God is not just condemning him for being a poor mm-hmm. father. No, no. Although that is part of it. Yeah. I think it's more than that. Mm-hmm. He's condemning mm-hmm. He's condemning him from being a horrible boss. Right. And I can just imagine um, Samuel hearing this as a young boy. And you know, he's thinking in his mind, okay, you know, the Lord is speaking to me, but these words that he's speaking to me, I'm going to have to repeat. And they're mm-hmm. all about judgment against, I'm sure he looked at Eli as a father, grandfather type figure. I'm sure he cared for him. And he's hearing that judgment is going to come and he's going to have to be the one to tell him. So I cannot even imagine he how he was feeling at this point. Can you? No. And Eli uh, did yeah. a better job with Samuel than his own his own sons. He did. He he truly did. And you know that's that's something that no parent ever wants to hear that someone else was a better parent or parent type figure to their child. You know, so I, I just can't even imagine how Samuel and then Eli, of course, we'll, we'll see that in a minute. But how he's he feels about this coming from this young boy and God speaking this to him. And he said he did not restrain them, God saying. Right. And he left he let his sons. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, he forgot the holiness of God. He did. He did. And he allowed his sons to mar. And to give a bad testimony. We know in chapter two, last time we talked, how people outside the church, or not the church, but the temple, tabernacle, were, were, were saying, we don't want to follow this God. Look at look no. at these priests. Right. And and let me interject here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've said this before about you. When you when you were a pastor, you always made time for your kids. You always made time for your family. And I always respected that of you. Now, we've not, you know, our kids have made mistakes. We made mistakes as parents, you know. But we tried to take that time with them that we needed to. I have heard of so many pastors' kids say, my dad paid attention to everybody so much more than they did to me. Mm-hmm. And I wish that my father had looked at me as the way he looked at his congregation. Um, and I'm sure that this is the way Eli felt at some point when he realized how awful a job he had done. Because, you know, God only gives us our children to influence for a very short time. At a certain point, everything, everything we've taught them, we've either taught them the right things or it's too late. And we have to be careful as parents to make sure that we use that time wisely. And I so worry in today's world, parents aren't always doing that because of the, because of the technology and 
the way the world has become that everybody else is focusing on everything else and they put their kids in front of the technology and, and they're in front of the technology. We've got, we only have our kids for such a little time we do, and and then they're older and they make their own decisions. So That's I'm kind of going why. on a team, but yeah. <laughs> Satan is trying to destroy the family. It's so important to spend that time with your kids. It really is. A lot of children don't have children don't have fathers in the home. No, and they don't have mothers in the home either. No, and you don't. I mean, you never. I I don't know if Eli's wife was not in the picture, or you know, we don't really know. Doesn't sound like it, right? But it shows that his kids. He probably was off doing what he thought was the Lord's work, and and kind of let his kids raise themselves. That's not what we're supposed to do at all. Go ahead and read 15 through 18, if you will. Okay. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it? He said to you, Eli asked, do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me. Anything he told you. I can imagine Samuel's quaking in his boots. Yeah. So he Samuel checked go ahead. his drawers too. Yeah, true. Go ahead. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Okay, here is Eli, and Samuel respects Eli. You can tell Samuel respected Eli greatly. Oh my goodness, yes. He's yes. like an adopted father. Absolutely. Grandfather. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Grandfather. Yeah. And here he gets this message from Yahweh, from the Lord, from Jesus, King of King and Lord of Lords. And you know, he didn't want to tell him, you know, he didn't, but he had to. He probably stuck his, you know, started sucking his thumb. (laughs) No, I don't want to tell you, Eli. I love you. I know. And Eli was watching his nonverbals, obviously. And he knew. Yeah. Okay. Take your thumb out of your mouth, Eli. Or Samuel, yeah, I want right. to know yeah. what God told you. And you have to respect him, Samuel, for telling him what God said, because he could have he could have changed it. He could have lied, you know, but uh, he did not. He told him what God had told him to say. So Samuel told him to lay down until morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he meant to go to sleep necessarily. He's telling I don't him he to did. be ready for the Lord. Yeah, I don't think he slept. He couldn't yeah. have slept after he knew what he was going to have to tell Eli. Um, one of his duties was to open the doors of the house of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Samuel was a servant of the tabernacle. Right. Yes. I mean, um, Samuel, my son. There you see. Mm-hmm. He was you like know, a father. Maybe yeah. Eli even was thinking, you know, I screwed up with my other boys. Mm-hmm. Here I can I can make up for for what I did or didn't do. Right. With Sam, with Samuel. And and he did. He did. He really did. Well, he did a good job with Samuel. He did. Yes. Although we will find out in a couple of chapters later. Mm-hmm. He does. He does the same thing with his he kids. He makes the same mistake. All yeah. his kids became wicked. So awful. So awful. Um, was it the word of the Lord? Then he starts making a face, maybe sticking mm-hmm. his fingers in his mouth, looking down. Yep. yep. And, and so t- Samuel tells him everything, mm-hmm. and it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Yeah. He already knew. God had already told him. He's telling mm-hmm. him again. He's like, well, God's going to be God, so let him do 
what he's going to do. So was Eli's response oddly or fatalistic? I don't think it's either. I think it was just a resignation. God's going to do what God's going to do. Gotcha. Uh, I think he, I really feel like he was just resigned to it. Yeah. Look at 19 through 20. Okay. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. So the Lord was with him. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. We started the chapter with the word of the mm-hmm. Lord not coming to anyone, and then we end it with the word of the Lord coming to Samuel and God revealing himself through his word. And I'm sure, as a matter of fact, I know they had a bunch of false prophets. Like today in the church, we have people, I have a vision from God. He says, you're going to give me all $10,000 this week so that you will get $100,000 back because of your faith. Plant a seed, plant a seed. I have a vision from God that I am going to divorce my husband and marry someone else. I mean, oh, he says it's okay. Yeah. Right. Even though it's in the Bible, not to. Yeah. We just hear so, so much blasphemy in the world today. And I'm sure that was going on then as well. I think it was. But here's Samuel speaking, the Holy Spirit, God Almighty speaking through Samuel. Yes. I bet you that turned some people. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Definitely. Very good. It says, let none of his words fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does that mean? That means that all the things that he prophesied came true. Yep. Test of a prophecy is that it has to be 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. It has to be fulfilled. If it's not accurate, 100%, right. you're a false prophet. Mm-hmm. And so much happens in the life of Samuel and and you see him, you know, pronouncing judgment and pronouncing things that do occur throughout his life. I mean, God really used him in so many ways that I know we'll talk about eventually. And this was from Dan to Beersheba and basically is saying like from Maine to Texas. There you go. Okay. All over. They recognize Samuel as a prophet and a judge. Yep. Yep. Go read verse 21. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. The Lord, the Lord Jesus appeared. Yes. The pre-incarnate Christ. Yes. Appeared in Shiloh. Mm-hmm. Um, he revealed himself and more of the word of God. That's the only thing that can God uses the word mm-hmm. to open people's hearts yes. for salvation. Yes. We know in Romans it says that I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and the Greek. Yes. And so Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ, mm-hmm. is speaking to Samuel uh, and, and empowering him mm-hmm. with prophecies to speak to the people. Yes. Very true. This is the beginning of very interesting things with Samuel. This is a very interesting uh, person i think sam is one of the most interesting uh, in I the agree. bible i agree yeah so many and he went through so many the lives of so many people he touched so many people uh god through him so yeah and i think his story definitely shows us that 
God can absolutely positively take your mess, turn it to a message for his glory and for your good. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Stay cool.